You know, every human being has one moment in common. Throughout all times, throughout all nations, throughout all cultures, we've all stopped and had this thought. You stop the chaos in your life, you stop the work, you put pause on everything. You're in the middle of a conversation, you're, you're in the middle of your room, you're staying up at night in bed, and you stop and you go, wait a second. I exist. Wait, wait, wait. Wait a second. I'm me. And she's not me. Right? Like, you sit there and you go, something put me here. Right? Something created me. And every human being no matter if you're an atheist, no matter if you're an agnostic, no matter if you're from, from prehistoric, no one has gone without living their life and, and thinking to themselves, whoa, why am I here, right? Not only why am I here, but who put me here, right? And it brings this other question. Something had to do it, right? That brings to a third question. It's, okay, there has to be a God. There has to be some, you know, and different, different cultures had pantheons, they had multiple gods that did multiple things and all these kind of things. But the question then gets boiled down to, okay, if there is a God, if there's a reason that we're here, then what is God like? I know you've all asked that question. If there is a God, then what is he really like? Throughout all history, humans have fought to try and understand and come up with an answer to that question. You know, in history, the Egyptians, that, that, you know, they, they looked and they said, God must be powerful. And so those people who are the most powerful people must be like gods, right? You know, the, the, the Canaanites in the Bible, they had all these different kind of gods that served different pur- purposes, but really they're just trying to figure out why the crops grow. There must be something that controls that, right? You know, for all these centuries, you got the Greeks, right? And they got Zeus who holds lightning bolts and throws them and uses them as a weapon. All these ideas. But in our modern time, we still have new ideas coming up, right? A lot of times, these ideas are more like, God is dead. Or, if God does exist, then he must actually be the devil. Because how can he sit back and see all this cruelty? Or he's distant. Or he's unknowable. Or there's the idea that, you know what, hey, you know what, I am God, and, and, and you are God to you, right? And that rock is God, and pass me some weed because that's God too, right? This is what the, the, modern, the modern day is, is it can be all over the place. But, but here's the thing. There is only, this is a spiritual fact. There's only one human being in the existence of our world who has fully understood the correct answer to that question. And that's Jesus of Nazareth, right? You know, today we're talking about the heart of the king. See, the power of Jesus was in his connection with the heart of the creator of the universe. The heart of Yahweh. The heart of the king. In Colossians 2 verse 9 it says, In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So when you have that that question, what is God like? There's one man that you can look to and see exactly what he's like. And that's Jesus Christ. 
You know, and this question, the answer to this question is so important. If it's misunderstood, if it's mis- if it misunderstood, the heart of the king, Christianity won't work for you. Instead of light to the full, Christianity will be a great source of misery for you. If you misunderstand what God's really like and try to live this life of self-denial. It'll be a life of fear. Every time I mess up, I'm just, I'm consumed by fear. What's going on? Jesus came not just to die for us, but to show us who God is. And Satan and the dominion of darkness have been confusing, distorting the truth and accusing God from the very beginning. Just ask Eve. This is so important for us to know what the heart of the king really is because we all fall short, don't we? We all make mistakes. We all sin. And David, the man after God's own heart, messed up bad like Jordan taught us last night, right? And so if we don't know the heart of God, then instead of running toward God when we fall, we want to hide from Him. You've got to start right there. We all know that we've fallen. We all know that we're broken. We all know that we have mistakes, correct? And so the question then becomes, what does God think when He looks at me? If you're writing notes, I want you to write that down. What does God think when He looks at you? Turn up Psalm 139. We're going to look at some Psalms of David. Because being after God's own heart really just meant that David understood what God was like. And that made him who he was. That made him act the way he acted. That made him a man of character, right? Made him a man of redeeming qualities. We're in Psalm 139. What does God think when He looks at you? Let's start here in verse 13. Y'all with me? This is what David saw in the heart of the king. It says, You created me. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, God. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. When God looks at you, He doesn't have a clipboard in His hand. When God looks at you, He isn't holding a stopwatch, counting the seconds since the last time you messed up. That's false. That's not the true God. When God looks at you, He sees the work of His own hands. To God, you are full of wonder. You're dangerous. You're powerful. You're special because you are His offspring. Your sense of humor, guess who that comes from? It comes from the Creator. Your passions, your desires, your talents, your skills, guess who that comes from? When God looks at you, He sees, this is my child. This is the one who I waited for eternity 
planning the time when he would finally understand enough to be able to say his first prayer to me. Think about that. He waited for eternity for that moment. It's eternal, right? This is who our God is. This is the heart of our God. And the heart of our King has been waiting for eternity to know you, to love you, not to test you. So often Satan just wants to convince us that God is, God is all he's doing is waiting for you to mess up, test you, and then boom. He's going to judge you at the end of the day, right? That's not the way that God sees you. Of course, there is a judgment day, right? But that is not, when God looks at you, that is not the thought that he has. He, he goes, God, I know that you look at me and think, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. David knew that no matter what. No matter what he did, no matter what he struggled with, David knew that. He knew the heart of the king. You know, God looks at you with more love than Jordan looks at Cam Massey. Think about that. Do you believe that? The last time you fell short, is that what you clung to? Is that what was on your mind? Is that what was on your heart? We can't let Satan mess this up. The heart of the king. This is my first point. The heart of the king is that of a loving, proud father. I think a lot of times we think loving, right? You know, he, he's, he's loving, he's good, he, you know, all, all those kind of things. But, but he's also proud of you. He's a proud papa. That's the heart of our king, and David knew that. There's another question that gets asked about the heart of God. What about the hardships of this life? What about the cruelty of this world? What about when I pray and nothing happens? Y'all felt that before? Have y'all talked to people who have felt that before? Yeah. These are questions everybody has, right? You know, David, out of everybody, could have felt this way. Here he is. He's God's chosen king. Chosen to secede Saul, right? Yet, he's being chased down, betrayed, abandoned by his friends, attacked, and on the run from King Saul himself, Right? David had every reason to believe that God left him high and dry, left him for dead. Every reason to believe that God was refusing to listen, that God was silent. But David knew the heart of the king. David trusted God when so many others have lost faith. Turn to Psalm 18. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. You know, this is what David was feeling when he was on the run. Starting verse 6 with me, it says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. I'm sure David called to the Lord many, many, many times and felt like, why is Saul not, why has he not stopped pursuing me? But in my distress, I called to the Lord, verse 6. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him and into his ears, right? He knows that God hears him. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because God was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. God parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstorms and bolts of lightning. 
The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed. The foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, as a blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high. And he took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The second point, the heart of the king is that of a rescuer. The heart of the king is that of a rescuer. David knew God's heart. So when things were going crazy all around him, and it didn't seem like he had any help, he knew that he could still trust that when he cried out, God was moving. God was there. Even when it didn't feel that way, God was running to his aid because he knew the heart of my king is the heart of a rescuer. He is right here with me. When things aren't going your way, you find it hard to believe that God is there. Do you move away from him because you think that he's not listening? Think about this. The heart of the king was willing to be hung on a cross to rescue you from your sin. Do you trust him? Even when things are going wrong. Do you trust that? David did. David did. Another question that comes up. Probably even more relevant to what we what Jordan was talking about last night, right? That was a great lesson last night, but that was a heavy hitter, wasn't it? Yeah. And like you said, if it didn't hit you heavy, you need to listen to it again, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. Here, here, here's another question that comes. What about when I've not just messed up a little bit, but what about when I've really messed up? What about when I've done something that I knew this is absolutely wrong, but I want to do it anyways. I don't care. What about that? What is God's heart then? Last night we heard all about David and how he blew it, right? He got a woman pregnant in adultery and killed her husband just to cover it up, right? What thoughts run through your head when you do something terrible? God's disappointed. Here's one that I felt so often. When I mess up really bad, I go, man, I've taken another step closer to hell and away from heaven. Feel that way? That's Satan. I feel God doesn't want to help me. He, does, he won't forgive me. I need to prove it to him before I can come to him, right? But David knew the heart of the king. Go to Psalm 51. I encourage you to read this entire psalm. We're going to look at the first two verses, but this is after David has been called out. Okay, praise God for people that are willing to call us out, right? This is after Nathan has exposed his heart. He comes before God. In verse 1, he says, Have mercy on me, God, according to your unfailing what? According to your great what? 
Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. You know, David goes on in the psalm and, and, and asks God to restore and purify his heart. And so, what is it about David where when he comes to terms with his sin, when he really understands the gravity of it, he actually moves towards God instead of away from Him? There's something in there in his belief and what he knows to be true about God's heart. We're about to close right here and the worship team's going to come up and we're going to have more time just to really focus on the heart of the king. But David knew that the heart of the king is a heart full of grace. Turn to Psalm 103. This is the last one we'll look at. The heart of the king is a heart that's full of grace. This is one of my favorite, favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, okay? Can't wait to share this with you guys. In verse 9. It says, Psalm 103, Psalm 103, verse 9. The Psalm of David says, He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Our sins deserve something. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. Listen to this. Do you really believe this? these next two verses? As high as the heavens are above the earth. We know that's not geography, right? <laughs> like, like that is, think about how mind-blowing it is to know that there is a spiritual realm all around us at every moment. How hard is it to reach there? How hard is it to see what's going on there, right? As far as, as those two planes of existence are separated, so great is his love. For those who fear Him. That's how big God's love is for you. That's how powerful it is. As far as the east is from the west. Right, we know that only a, a few hundred years ago they even knew that the earth was round. So what they're saying is this is eternally far. These are complete opposites. You can go as far as you want that way. You'll, it'll never end. You go as far as you want that way. It'll never end. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Praise God. Thank God that this is our King. That we get to see Jesus and He shows us who the heart of our King is. Not all these philosophies, not all what people think, what people say, what these ancient... No, we get the God of the Bible. And we get to know this is the truth. David knew these things. That's why he was able to move towards God when he sinned. So who is God to you? Because that idea matters so much. Every man or woman who has given their entire heart and devotion to God, who has decided to go all in for God, knows this. That the heart of the king is worth my all. And understanding how bad your sin is, that's really important, but that's not really inspiring, right? Understanding how much God is willing to forgive, that's worth, worth going and giving up our entire life for, giving up everything for, is it not? That's what David knew, that's what Paul knew, that's what Peter knew, that's what these guys know. Yeah. And understanding the heart of the king is what leads us to real change. Yeah. 
If you want to change this weekend, you can't walk out of here only thinking about how sinful you are. That goes for people who walked in here as a disciple and people who didn't. If you want to change, if you want to get unstuck, you've got to really engage with who's God? What does God think about me? Do I really trust that God's there? Do I really believe that He's that willing to forgive? We need to understand the heart of the King. Let's pray as we invite the worship team back up. Dear Father, um, Lord, I'm just so thankful for your heart. I'm so thankful for the way that you have come down here and rescued us. That you sent Jesus knowing full well that he was going to have to go to that cross and die for me. But you were still willing to do it. Father, I pray that everybody in this room can walk out of here understanding your heart and understanding how big your heart for us is, God. That is what's going to help us go out into this world and try and rescue it ourselves. Because we believe our God is worth telling other people to. Father, just continue to convict us. Just continue to see lives change, God. We love you so much. We're so thankful for you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.